Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 23rd. We're back at it right after the U.S. Open, but before we get started, we just want to remind you guys of our head sponsor, Ghost Golf. Ghost Golf is our exciting new partner. They specialize in golf accessories and clothing. They've developed a magnetic towel, which will soon become your seven irons best friend and your greenside caddy, something I definitely need, you know, whatever help I could get out there. Golf, 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 they're an innovative company when it comes to golf accessories. They just recently released their any day golf bag and have anything from hats to golf tees for your needs. Check out Ghost Golf at ghostgolf.com and sign up today to receive their newsletter and be up to date on their latest releases and golf news. Always remember, play fearlessly. Well, fellas, we're back. We just had the U.S. Open, but before we get started on that, we have an exciting guest, one of our most entertaining guests, I guess it's fair to say. Always has the greatest stories. It's our guy, Lorcan Morris. How you doing, Lorcan? Good. I appreciate you guys having me back on. I mean, maybe the most entertaining, Zach. I think 100% the most entertaining guest we have. 100%, 100% mate. Dynamic trio of uh, Reed Martin, Lorcan Morris, and Ed Alton. It's like that's trouble right off the bat. Yeah, Ed and I miss Reed a lot. Yeah, like that, the dark, dark side of the LPGA. That's right. Yeah, we miss him a lot. <laughs> Who am I going to rent cars with in Mexico if I don't have Reed? Ed's not going to be that stupid well, to do something like we did. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't be there to get get your money back for you. I know, and Ed Ed's Ed's about the same size as me, so he's, he's not the guy the guy the guy with the one eye lurking would have still been looking at you. Yeah, he is. He's right up there like that. <laughs> I'm just glad it didn't freeze that time. Well, <laughs> Lorcan, since the last time we had you on, we uh, we know now you're on the bag with MJ Dafu. I think that's how you pronounce it. Maybe MJ Duffy. Duffy. MJ Duffy. Okay, that makes yeah, more sense. Yeah. It's has been pronounced a number of ways. It's Duffy, as in like D-U-F-F-Y, but spelled D-A-U-F-F-E. Yeah, so tell yeah. us how, how, you, how you got in touch with him, what his background is. We know he's a, he's a Monday Q grinder out there who's now starting to make his way to the PGA Tour. Yeah, in January this year, I made a really, it was a very hard decision to leave, um, to leave Ben Taylor. I was with Ben for um, over a year on the PGA Tour, and um just through different different um, avenues and, and whatnot, I got an opportunity to go and work for um, for Harry Hall, which I felt that I needed to pursue that avenue because I had got a one-week trial with Harry in the fall and finished in the top uh, top 10 of the Cornbury event that week, not playing very well. So I thought this guy has a real legitimate chance to win three times. So I took that uh, took that leap of faith, and um, unfortunately I only lasted three tournaments with Harry, which was extremely disappointing to give up. Ben's, the, ben Taylor's bag on the PGA Tour, but that's my own fault, and that's unfortunately the nature the nature of the business. But I got some good experience out of it. We got a sponsor's invite to the Farmers. I think we finished 40th or 44th, and then uh, we played in Saudi Arabia the following week at the Saudi International, and then we played one Corn Ferry event in the States. So I've just been, and then I went and worked uh, one week for Ryan Brem. Obviously, I worked for, for Ryan for several years, and um, he had his best ever finish on the PGA Tour in Puerto Rico. We finished 11th. And I'm pretty much just being home. Um, MJ's been a friend of mine for a while. I stayed with him when we play in the Houston Open. 
and um, he just got in touch with me and asked me would I be interested in, in going around and doing the, doing the Mondays with him. So that was about uh, two weeks ago. So I've done, I did uh, last week uh, South, South Carolina and the U.S. Open qualifying and we'll be in uh, Detroit next week. So how does that work? How many guys in these Monday queues would you say have caddies with them? No, I full time guys like full full time caddies, just guys that have no status. I'd say zero. What would you say, Reid? Yeah, not very many. Maybe a no. couple that have, are kind of on the borderline to get to some events. Yeah, MJ's obviously uh, he's played very well. He's made twelve out of twenty two Mondays, and um, he uh, he was leading uh, going into um, for deep into Friday afternoon in Sanderson Farms. I think he finished twelfth or something that week. Um, he's top two hundred on the FedEx Cup, so he's made he's made quite a. Uh, quite good money and then he's just gotten some recent uh, sponsorships so luckily he's in a financial position to be able to do to do that but I, I think that he's the only one that has a, a, a full a, as full time as you can be working two days a week for a guy you until you get in of 22 that seems like impossible it's true though Zach he's a machine yeah I thought these I guys were like one out of every 10 well like South Carolina we went down and we played and uh, the weather was so bad on Sunday we didn't get practice round um, neither one of us has seen the, seen the golf course before because I was going to walk it Sunday morning and play it Sunday afternoon. And we never got to, never got to do it. And he missed by one shot. I mean, it's, it's a player like that. Reed will tell you. I mean, he, he's got power and he's a big guy. And I think that's what uh, that's what golf's about in 2021 is you got to have a guy that yeah. hits it far. It doesn't a straight doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you're hitting lob wedge and sand wedge and pitching wedge in every hole, it's uh, it's hard to beat. Yeah, I turned Ryan when I worked for Ryan. We really, really struggled in 20, 2018 and the first uh, three months of 2019. And we came back um, after we played all the overseas events in the Bahamas and South America. And uh, him and Chelsea and uh, and I sat down and we had a long talk. And we just we said, we're going to go for the rest of the year and we're going to hit driver everywhere. Unless it's just absolutely ridiculous situation, then there's no point in hitting it. But for the most part, we're just going to hit driver everywhere and we three three top tens in a row and then obviously went on and finished fourth on the year on the money list and we won in new york but it turned his whole game around yeah well, that's yeah i mean with bryson too now to the extreme he he basically hits driver all the time everyone thinks he's crazy a lot of the time he just says look i'm just this is my advantage better take advantage of it i think my, i don't think you can teach you can't teach distance would you agree with that Reid? you can't teach somebody to consistently hit it in the air at 320. I mean, you can no, you can maybe go from 280 to 290, but you definitely can't go from 290 to 320. There's very few people that can. It's a God-given no. gift, man. Size and, and speed is, you know, well, what you makes got it. it. Yeah, I can, I can hit it. I can hit yeah. it, but uh, I can't hit it straight straight enough anyway. Yeah. I wonder if guys like that now are practicing more deliberately from the rough, knowing that, you know what, I'm probably going to miss a lot of fairways, but I'm going to have wedges out of that fairway. Like, I wonder if guys are practicing that shot more often than their six iron, you know, from the fairway. I don't know if they are enough, but you know, they're, they're hit, people think they're hitting driver to make birdies. They're hitting driver to not make bogeys. Yeah, I think Because well, the, average, the average golf fan thinks that they're hitting driver trying to birdie every hole, but they're not. They're hitting driver to get them closer to business. Percentage-wise, and it's, it's it's backed up by statistics. The closer a PGA Tour player is to the green, the less bogeys he's going to make. Yeah. But regardless of where he is, if he's in the fairway or in the rough. I know uh, Scott Fawcett from Decade Golf. He's always on Twitter 
raving about how a bunch of these guys now have been uh, have been messaging him, like even Zalatoris, Bryson, all these guys are using his strategy, his basically game theory. It's like how in baseball they have the shift. Now in golf, everyone realizes just hit it as far as you can. Do you think it's starting to like ruin the game or is there a way like they could fix this? Because if everyone just starts doing this, it's just going to kill the guys like Kevin Kisner, the Brendan Todds of the world. Yeah, no, I don't think it'll. I, I mean, um, I, those guys are still going to make a living, man, and they're and, and they're they're too good. I mean, Brendan Todd almost won three three tournaments in a row, right, on the PGA Tour last year. Is that? I think he won two. Did he win two in a row? Yeah, two. He won, uh, to win. He won back to back weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was and then he was leading. He had a real chance at Mayakoba, right? Yeah, go three in a row. But yeah, I, no, I think he, play. That he might have won. Did he win Mayakoba? Oh, he won Mayakoba. Yeah. He was winning the third week, though. He was leading yeah. at, at least the third week. But I just find for these guys to win, for Brendan Todd to win, he has to play his A++ game. For Bryson to win, he has to play his B- game. Somewhere. Yeah, but it's not, it's not, that's not comparing uh, apples to apples because Bryson DeChambeau is a top five player in the world and Brendan Todd is uh, he was definitely top 50 last year, but he's probably realistically <laughs> throughout the course of his career, he's been top, top 100 player in the world. And there's a big separation between top five player in the world and a guy who's top hundred player in the world. Like the guys, and like who's, I mean, you're you're hundred percent right. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau is going to play win win golf tournaments on the PGA Tour with his B game, but so is Tiger Woods, so is John Rahm. You know, I mean, Tiger gave the classic uh, interview in 1997 when he won the Masters after it. Because he used to remember when he came out first, he used to compare his game, saying, "I had my A game this week, or my that was my B game." And they said, "Did you have your A game this week?" He set the all-time scoring record, and he said, "Minus the front nine on th- on Thursday when he shot 40." If you guys remember that, and then he set the all-time tournament scoring record. So he won the '97 Masters, set the all-time tournament scoring record, and definitely didn't have his A game for four days. Well, I yeah. mean. When someone's when someone's that good, they can identify what's going good, what's going bad, and they can pick a golf course apart to their strengths at that time. You know, whether it's their strengths yep. all strength that week, if they know they're hitting the mid irons well, they play the mid irons or whatever. Yeah, you said it perfectly. I mean, some of these guys are doing so well, but talking about John Rahm, I guess how he has his B game and still wins. I don't think he had his B game this week. Won the U.S. Open six under par. Maybe the second biggest story, Louis Usaison just, like, finds a way to – I don't know if it's called blowing, like, these wins because, like, anyone in the world would be happy with second place at the U.S. Open. But it's like, how does he – how has he not won one? Nolan actually tweeted out from, from the back these, like, a while ago, like, at this point you have to be an idiot not to bet on Louis at a major. And then he just – Louis at a major is the biggest lock, like, of the century. I mean, gosh, I don't, I don't play that much – daily fantasy but i don't know how expensive he was last week but i'm sure he's not top 10 or something no no he's way down there <laughs> he's incredible the guy finishes top five after top five after top five after top fives yeah yeah i'd sure like to be on the bag of a player that blows up in majors and finishes second i'd be quite <laughs> happy wouldn't you read i mean now there's a couple guys who just can't like justin rose is the exact same i mean that guy only cares about majors, I'm convinced. Like, he does not even care about making cuts at other events. 
it's just so hard to win a major golf championship. It's so hard to win a PGA Tour event, period. And then you step it up, step up the ante of guys coming in that are not even members of the PGA Tour, the best players in Europe, the best players in Asia. I mean, it just brings a whole new level to it. It was really – I was bombed when he missed that putt on 17 for par after he drove it out because he had a great recovery shot in there, gave himself a really good look. I wanted to see him try to make birdie to tie Ron. That would have been cool. But I don't know how he hit that shot on 17 because Reed, Reed, Reed will attest to in literally the entire state park is on the right-hand side. Yeah. Just yeah, I, really, I saw really a drive. Up shot at the wrong time. I saw a shot, and my first reaction was, "How do you hit it there in this moment? Like you have, you have fucking Jupiter, the size of Jupiter to your right." Literally, and he'd been making he'd been making par from everywhere all week too. Like, I mean, even if he's just a little bit right, it doesn't. Yeah, just don't it go left there. It had to be nerves one hundred percent because he never hooks the ball left, like ever. That's Should like, they have hit like an iron or something? I don't know. Hit the putter. <laughs> Crazy. God. But uh, I mean, yeah. even like then, like he blew it in a way, but also Rom made two bombs on 17 and 18. Like that doesn't happen often. That was like Tiger esque, his putts there. Well, you know, when he won there in 2017, he made a 60 footer on 18 for Eagle. Yeah, that, that crazy. I mean, he's, got, he's got good vibes, good vibes going in, going in there. Yeah, and then on 18, 18 this week, I mean, that bunker shot he had to play. He couldn't go at it with yeah. the, the green running away into the water, pass a hole, and he tried to make the smart play and then making the, the putt. And <laughs> not an easy putt, both yeah. 17 and 18, not easy putts. I've heard he's a – he's. most people will say, like, if you want someone to make a left-to-right breaker for you, Pick John Ron. He's just so good at the left to right. For a right-handed player, he's just so good at the left, left to right. It's great, to, great to see him win it after what happened at the Memorial. That was just incredible. Yeah, yeah I mean, if there's a storyline, that's for sure. I mean, the guy was obviously going to win the Memorial. And the storyline, the storyline is this guy right here picked John Ron to win. I finally wow. got got on the board, picked a winner off the schneid. Reed, you're the oh. only one left who's got to pick a winner. Uh, it's coming this week. Ryan O'Toole at the KPMG, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, brother. There yeah. we go. Uh, another thing, I don't remember what hole it was for Rom on the final round where he hit it hard left, and it somehow did not go out of bounds. I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Frick, what hole was that on, like 14? or? I think 13. or I think 13. No, it was 13 for sure because it was a par 5. Yeah, yes. that's it. Yeah, and he ended up making birdie. Yeah, after what should have been a six or a seven, probably. Yeah, well, that's what it takes to win majors, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, also like Bryson and Rory, both. I think one of those two should have won. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I mean, dinner. dude, Bryson was leading. Like they were on hole eight or something, and Bryson was at six under. He finished at like what three? <laughs> Three over par, right? I, I had dinner when Bryson was on the finishing the ninth hole, and I had like a thirty-minute dinner. And then I go check my phone when it's done, and then all of a sudden I see Bryson's like in tenth place. I'm like, how the hell did this happen? He had like a nine, right? On like on seventeen or double bogey par par quad. <laughs> it's easily yeah. done. It's easily done at Tory Pines. 
especially in those those conditions. Yeah. Reed is I mean, doing laundry, by the way. For those, yeah. we can't see. <laughs> Reed is just mid laundry. No, no, I'm I'm full in the conversation. I'm just no, doing my last minute irony. My my shirt, man, my shirt came out really wrinkled. You can't have it out on the golf course. Yeah, you know, Reed, uh, people tune in for. They want to hear this stuff, the inside stuff. I mean, guys, right now, you guys play with tomorrow. Currently, about to iron. Aqua TD Tommy Dodge design to get into shape to go work. So, make it happen. I'm full, fully invested in the conversation. Just doing multitasking. I, what, do you I guys, what, do you, what time do you, What time do you guys play tomorrow? Seven forty-eight. Okay, good. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Joe Rogan yesterday, and he was talking about how multitasking is bullshit, and no one could actually do it. It's just like a myth that people could multitask. It's more efficient to do each thing separately. We're going to have to set you guys up, Reed. That's an interesting point. Interesting. I mean, I guess it depends what you're looking at. Like, if one thing requires the mind and the other thing requires, like, just physical, I don't know, like, what do you call that? Like, muscle memory action or something, I think you get away with it. But or definitely if it's like one thing doesn't even require thinking at all. Like but if you if you need to like rat like critically think about something then I think you're lost. You can't you can't do two things. <laughs> John Ramman was impressive, wasn't it? It was great. I mean he's had some career to this point. Yeah, I mean it's crazy this was his first major because I feel like people don't People would have assumed I mean, that he'd have one by now. In a way. First, I mean, player, first player in college to win the Ben Hogan Award back-to-back -back at Arizona State. Which really? Was I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Back-to-back. -back. First Spaniard to win the U.S. Open. Uh, now he was, he was big on winning this one for Seve. Big influence. <laughs> Fastest Spanish player ever to win five times on the European Tour. When you think how dominant Seve was, that's pretty impressive that he won five times quicker than Seve did. Yeah, I mean – just incredible. I think just the way what I starting to hate now, and I mean like we're not really tweeting about it anymore, is like these ROM blow-ups that get so thrown out of proportion now. Like people are acting like he's such a hothead, all this. He was like, no one dealt with what happened at the memorial better than how he would have. I would have like flipped out. Like not only did they take a PJ tour away from the guy, they also took like one and a half million dollars basically away from him. Like, who knows? Yeah. All this. He was winning that. And, and FedEx. And FedEx points. And FedEx Cup points. And he would have been, I believe, uh, Reid, correct me if I'm wrong, but he would have been world number one if he won Memorial, right? A week Absol earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then to come out and win here, and I respect that, like, in his thing, he's like, uh, most people would be like, oh, they uh, thought about what happened. They're really reflecting on it. And he was like, no, I've just been playing video games. Yeah, well, that pretty much sums it up, right? But you know, he had some good. He had some good. good uh, he had some good uh, phone calls, I believe, after the memorial. I know that Podrick Harrington reached out to him, and Podrick had something similar happen. I think he had a five or five or seven shot lead at the Benson Hedges. Um, is uh, he's not? Is is Ron playing this week? I don't know no. if he's playing or not. But Harrington got to, uh, no. had a seven shot lead, I think it was, and on Sunday morning, as he was heading to the tee box, the European Tour came to him and they said. Here's your card from Thursday. And both of the other guys in, the, in, in his group had signed a card, but he never signed his own card. So they mixed the cards up in the scoring area and he was DQ'd. Oh, yeah. This signing of the cards, slight tangent, they need to stop. 
it's getting ridiculous. Well, I agree with you because when we went back after playing from COVID, as Reed will tell you, the players were marking their own cards. Yeah. So I mean, where's where's the point and where's the where's the rule? Like you said, it's getting ridiculous. So the, so the players can mark their own cards and then they get in the scoring area and they have to be all official and do it properly, but it's not being done properly on the golf course. And then yeah. you can get DQ. No, I, I, I don't think that happened very long, did it? No, it didn't. I mean, half every not half, basically every event has shot tracker for every single player. Like we yeah. know what they shot in live time. Like, every single person gambling on golf knows exactly what you shot. We don't need Dustin Johnson to fill out a scorecard to tell us what he shot. Except if you're Mark Hensby. I was confused as to why he was shooting such a high number in, um, <laughs> in Congregate. Did you see that? No. You didn't see what happened to him? No. Mark Hensby, you need, oh, to, yeah. look it, you need to look it up. Wrong he shot ball. Like, yeah, but I'm down, yeah, but he didn't find out for, like, Oh, is he the one who kept his ball for four yeah. holes and then got like a no, ten shot like, penalty? No, like it was like eight or nine holes. He shot like a ridiculous score. You'd have to look it up and see what it is. Yeah. Not like the ten shot penalty. Ten or, or twelve shot penalty, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like even that, I don't even understand why. Like, who cares? Why can't we just have like some common sense? Oh. There was, was someone that Alistair Doherty, who we've had on the show in a Monday queue, apparently hit his drive. Uh, he thought he couldn't tell where it was going because of, like, fog or the sun or whatever, and the marker didn't see it land. So he hits another provisional, being like, I guess it went out of bounds. He didn't think it did. Plays the provisional, then goes up another, like, 30 yards and sees his ball was in the middle of the fairway, his first shot. But it's, like, too late. You already played the provisional for your second shot. So dumb. I and hated that. Missing qualifying by one shot. Yeah. But good thing is, I think he, uh, I think he's playing in a Corn Ferry Tour event this week. So. Do you guys want to discuss? Yeah, you, is, you guys want to discuss the Monday, uh, the Monday queue at the Corn Ferry where the guys got in a fist fight and the sheriff's office was called? I mean, what is happening yes. in the world? That is just ridiculous. I wish it was like I would have paid so much money to have like you and Reed on the bag of those two guys, just like <laughs> having a laugh. I would have joined in. Yeah, Reed, yeah, <laughs> Reed would have just picked picked them up like this in his fingers and just thrown them to the side and said, "Guys, grow yeah. up." <laughs> Get back to the U.S. Open, though. I mean, we're talking about Bryson blowing up. Rory had a very good chance of winning the tournament. He was tied for the lead at some point on Sunday. Um, and then he fell apart. It was crazy. At one point, it looked like five, six, seven guys could have won it. And then all of a sudden, it was like Rahm and uh, Usazen, like were the only guys who had the chance on the back nine. Yeah, and uh, a Reed's guy, Mackenzie Hughes, I mean, I thought I, you don't really give a guy like that too much of a chance on a Sunday at a U.S. Open, but it's like you never know. Could a Canadian finally win another one? Dude, he was uh, – he's been playing well, man. He's he was just cutting out of his mind. Yeah, he's been playing great. He was he's, putting extremely well. The thing of it is, his, his mind is so right from the game of golf. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just kind of does his thing and moves his along. Whatever happens, happens, and he carries on. And that's, and 
it's easier to play good, better golf that way, you know. One hundred percent. It's easy. It's easy to play well when you're not playing. When you when we're playing bad with with a good attitude. One hundred percent. Easier to score well. I mean, how many how many times have you seen someone go shoot thirty nine and then thirty one at the same time? They just kept going with the motion. Yeah. But yeah. is this question for you guys? Is this the most at one point, like three holes into Sunday for the leaders? These are guys who are in the top ten. Louis, Rom, Morikawa, Bryson, Rory, JT, Xander, DJ, Berger, and Brooks. Is this the most was that the most star studded group of people at the top of a leaderboard? Not a bad leaderboard. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. I guess the easier way is which one what what would have been better? I don't know. There yeah, who's who outside of that would have made the better? Tiger Woods. Well, obviously, outside of Tiger Woods, I mean, I'm trying to think who who's missing from that. Well, list. when you say when you say those names like that, Zach, it brings a lot of credence to the argument of everybody always says, "Well, is Tiger's 15 better than Jack's 18?" And a lot of people will say, "No, it's not because it's that Jack has three more." Man, there's there wasn't like you just you just listed 12 players or something. I mean, give me a break. Tiger's 15 in this era. I think it's miles better than Jack's 18. Yeah. I mean, the guy I was missing was Spieth. I knew I was missing some, someone elite. But, but uh, the depth of – my point is the depth of field that you have to be crazy in 2021 is just unbelievable. And it's, it's every single event you're competing against these guys where it's like a couple of them are going to bring their A game, and that's tough to beat 15 times in a major. So I agree with Ooh. you on that. Who's the best player in the world right now that's never won on the PGA Tour? Remember, for, year, for, years, for years, for years, for a period of five years, it was very easy to say Tim Clark. Remember Tim in the, in the mid-2000s? He'd made like $30 million, but he'd never won. Who's the, who's, who's the best player now? I mean, I, I can't even come up I, with anybody who, off the top of my head. Tommy, Fleet, Tommy, Fleetwood, hasn't, Tommy Fleetwood hasn't won. Is he a member, the PGA, is he a member of the PGA Tour? I guess I'm, sure. Yeah, I'm sure that he is. Yeah, Tommy Fleetwood's very uh, good. I think, uh, actually, the leader in earned money without a win, I think it's Cameron Tringali. That's, no, you're right. Yeah, and He wasn't even in the U.S. Open. He's just a cup maker. I don't understand yeah. who gets into the U.S. Open because how didn't like, he get in or Keegan Bradley get in? They qualified. Keegan qualified out of Columbus. But he didn't play. Did he not? Did he not play? Well, he was in the qualifier in Columbus. Oh yeah, like how does yeah. he not just get in off point? I don't know what the exact criteria is. You know what it is, Reid? You guys played last year, so you got well. You guys got in off the top eighty or fifty on the FedEx Cup. Fifty, but it's it's different right now because of yeah. Yeah. because of then last year because of all the COVID shit. Yeah. But did you guys get in, Reid, through qualifying or through Corn Ferry status or something like being one of the top out there? No, we got in through our current year FedEx points. FedEx, yeah. It was FedEx. From there was no qualifying last year for the U.S. Open. They didn't have any. Yeah, it's just hard to imagine that he was higher than, like, guys like Jason Day are this year or Keegan is this year, even Tringali. All weird. So who is, who's the best player right now that hasn't won? Tommy Fleetwood? That's, that's a very good one. He's, Tommy's very, very good. Lee Westwood. Or... Is it Guido Migliosi? We didn't talk about him. 
I yeah. electric where, factory. Where did he come from? He had back-to-back seconds on the European tour coming into the U.S. Open, and he is absolutely electric. Came from his mommy's belly. Same place we all did. <laughs> oh, you know who it could be? Scotty Scheffler. Absolutely. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's a young guy, it's, it's hard to call that already, but yeah. yeah. Scotty's obviously great. He's going to win multiple times on the PGA Tour. I'm sure. So I thought he was going to win the match play. I felt like yeah, he was yeah. because he's so he's so and, straight. He's I mean, so he was competing. Straight. He was competing in the U.S. Open too. I think he was there Sunday morning. He was in the top ten or something. Yeah, yeah Scotty's a great player and a great person too. Yeah, I guess Matthew Fitzpatrick. He also hasn't won. It's unbelievable when you get when you start listing the names off. It just shows you again how hard it how is. Good they win. are. Yeah, and how hard it is. What about the streaker? Did anybody see the streaker on Sunday? I did. You know who that was? Where did he come from? You know who that was? Your buddy? No. Larkin Larkin knows the streaker? No, that was Connor. (laughs) That was, you guys are going to know who it is too when I tell you. That was Connor Murphy. It's the guy that shot 108 in the Corn Ferry qualifier. No. Yes, that's who it was. Wait, how did you, how did you figure out who it was? Um, He can't answer that. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, it's online now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lorcan, did you know before it happened? No, I didn't know before. No, I did not know before it happened. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like you knew of the planning. No, no, I didn't Deny. know before it happened. No. Actually, I'll, I'll, be, no, I'll be straight up with you. Um, I'm, good, I'm good buddies with, uh, with uh, Beamer, with Rich Beam, and Rich, uh, Rich took the video, and then he sent it to me, and I, and I said, oh, did they find out who it was? And he said, yeah, it's... Uh, it's the dude that shot 108 on the Monday qualifier a few weeks ago, uh, Connor Murphy, and then he followed it up with one of your people. So and what then, do they do? I, see, Irish because his last name Murphy. What's that? I've always been interested in trying my hand and maybe doing a, a street job on on something. What what's his penalty? Does he stay in the overnight in jail for a night or something? He's got to pay a big fine, I'm sure. I'd what say they're going to hit him with a lot of charges because that was a state park for a start. Yeah. So, I mean, you're breaking the law in a state park. And I don't know if you are breaking the law or not. Right, because he wasn't uh, naked. I don't, he, no, he wasn't. wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he didn't do. But the best part about the, the, best part I mean, about the whole th- video is he took a practice swing before he hit the ball, which I <laughs> yeah. thought he put, took, he took the time to. My question is, where the hell did he get a golf club to bring in? I, know, I hit it. But, I mean, Reid, the if you if you study those those tour events, I mean I hate to say it publicly, but I mean pound a spade a spade. I mean there is definitely holes in the security systems, on the loop loopholes. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure certain certain events. I'm sure it's super easy to get in. I'm sure he he the you know there's Saturday gonna be, night. There's going to be a, there's going to be rental sets in the clubhouse. I mean once he gets in the clubhouse, he's just got to find find a room or get down to the car barn. There'll be a lost and found in there from. Yeah, Larkin's got it all planned out. He knows. No, I don't have it all planned. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's. I don't. I don't think that he got a golf club in there as much as he got a golf club when he got there. Maybe it was. Uh, maybe maybe Larkin helped him plan it. Who knows? <laughs> Hell, That's he knows what we were saying, Reed. I wouldn't be that smart. That was pretty. This guys, guy I, is I exactly was pretty who I want to be. Like he's gotten to shoot a 108 at a qualifier like that would be me getting people to just hate me 
to run. But he did that. Uh, you know, he's a good. He's a good golfer. He played. He played college golf, Division One college golf. So, so like one hundred and eight. Because he did it to be famous, and he and it worked. Well, well, you know what, Lurkin? I wouldn't have to do it to be famous. I just shoot one hundred and eight. He has the guy has like two point two million followers on YouTube. Seriously? Oh, 100%. I know. Wait, is this the guy? Not that's not. There's a guy Connor something who does impressions. That's not him. No, 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 that's, no, no, that's, no, that's the Irish guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Connor Moore. What? Looking so. Fortunately, we have a partner here, and it sounds like this guy's working on his golf game. This this streaker. We have a partner with. Um, their name is Carrie. Carrie Golf. They they're exciting new partner. They're making it possible to invest in inspiring PGA, LPGA, and European tour players. So think about it. If this guy really wants to make it, we can we can get him on Carrie. People can start investing in him. He can work on that swing, and we can see him on the tour in no time. Um, why is Carrie doing this? Because it costs a lot of money to reach the top tours, as we as we all know. We all. We've all been in and around all the stories um, with, with all the struggling golfers out there trying to make their dream. Even if the best collegiate players and top amateurs often need three to five years to develop on developmental tours to reach the big tours, once they make it there, the upside can be huge. So if you're an accredited investor who loves the game of golf and is motivated by the opportunity to help a rising player and enjoy unique golf experiences while potentially making some money too, Check them out. Uh, go to www.knowyourcarry.com uh, and register your interest in receiving the official offering documents. If you're a golfer, so we're talking to this streaker guy, if you're a golfer who's held out on reaching one of the top tours, register your interest at www.knowcarry.com and learn how the company can help you reach your full potential. I think that's a perfect avenue for us to go here for this guy. <laughs> Pretty funny. We sponsor I mean, this guy. Hey, Lurkin, it sounds like you need to reach out to him. <laughs> Caddy for him. Yeah. You shoot 110 with yeah. this flag. It's a two-shot penalty automatically. On I mean, the hell. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some of, your, uh, maybe some of uh, the Monday luck will rub off onto him. Yeah, you, yeah, maybe, right? Yeah. Did you see that big Mike is oh, looking no. for a Caddy today on the Caddy Network? They have an application. You go to caddynetwork.com. It's a PGA Tour caddy I, I network. Played, I played collegiate golf with Big Mike Fisaki. Does Mike Fisaki have what it takes? He's a good ball striker, man. I'll say that. And yeah, he has. Are he, we a pro Mike Fisaki podcast? Because he has ignored messages. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, can, we, can we tried that. to get him on. I sent him several messages, man. He didn't give me one word back as an old teammate. So I don't know. He left. He, he left school early. I know that. So I don't know. He didn't. Up. He didn't get back to you, and you guys played college golf. Come on, man. Yeah, that's terrible. One hundred percent. He's too famous now. Yeah. Too famous. But that was what he did. Was what he did was great. So he's a good ball striker. Can he make it on the PGA Tour? I don't know. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him play in probably seven years. Yeah. So I have no idea. Maybe more than that, maybe. Maybe even eight. Well, obviously he, obviously, he can play. You definitely cannot fluke your way through him one-day qualifier. So, he's got game. Right. Just That's 100% can true. One hundred yeah. do it for four days in a row. Yeah. Great. Well, after the U.S. Open, we got, we got some more news. We know Reed, he's out in the LPGA Tour. We saw in the PGA Championship a couple of weeks back, they allowed rangefinders. That was the whole, uh, whole to-do on the PGA Tour. Now, the LPGA Tour, 
at the KPMG Championship this week. They're going to be having rangefinders, and it sounds like it's here to stay. It sounds like this is going to be a long-term thing. Reed, what's been the reception on the LPGA Tour? Are, there, are the players happy? I mean, I don't know. I've talked to several people that – I wouldn't say people aren't happy. Like, that's kind of the wrong way to, to go about describing it. But it's more – it takes it away – it takes away from the game a little bit, you know, I mean, that, and, I mean, I bet you 90% of the caddies are still going to walk it off and make sure the members match. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a laser, you know, they aren't hundred percent accurate all the time. So if you can use numbers that have already been lasered and then use the laser to double check it, you know, we can't really use slope or anything, but you can use, you know, the function of actually getting a yardage. So, I mean, I guess, is it going to speed up play? I don't think so. I think, it's still going to be the same. Um, but, I mean, I guess we'll see. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting that they're just going full-fledged into it, not, not giving it a trial error. But uh, who knows? I know I've, like, you know, I feel like most, most pretty avid, avid golfers can, even without a laser, like if they have some sort of yardage out in the middle of the fairway, they can pace it off and be like, okay, it's a front pin or something, and it's probably minus three or something. You know, they can probably get it within, you know, at least myself, when I do a laser versus me pacing off, I'm usually within like four yards or something. But I'm sure even you guys, like as professionals, you're within like a half yard when you're pacing it off or, you know, accounting for slope. Make change the game of golf at all but we'll see it's an interesting addition yeah what about you working what do you think Take i think it it'll uh, i think it'll, it'll you know, uh, well i can tell you from working for 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 ryan for for three years who hits it in places that even the, the owners of the golf courses didn't know existed that it would speed it would speed up play from that point of trying to get a number from some of the places that I had to get numbers from. But on a general basis, it's not going to speed up play at all. I think it takes away from the skill of caddying too. Yeah, for sure it does, and it, it it takes away from the the point that you know caddies putting in work and doing the extra you know, work around the golf course to make sure stuff is right and whatnot. I mean, it's still going to be in play a little bit, but, but now you can gun the pin and they give you a pin sheet. And so the pin's 14 off the off the front edge, so you minus 134 and 14, now you know it's 120 and you just add the slope in there. You still got to do your work because, you, you know, there's so many times when a pin is like three yards over a slope or – there's only four right. yards behind it, yeah. or you just you can't yeah. you, you you're better off missing the green short side in yourself because if you if you go wide at this pin, like there's a huge slope there, so it's you still got to do the work. Fair, yeah. I mean, I, would agree I don't. With that. Uh, I don't know why these tours think it's going to speed up play because it's definitely not. I'm certainly the same as Reed. I'm going to still pace it off. Yeah, and do like everything said, I did. A lot of these guys hit in like crazy places. I mean, a guy we mentioned before, unless you're like Brendan Todd's caddy where you just get it easy or just like middle of the fairway every time. I feel like it's always unique yardages that you're going to want to double check. Yeah, I think no way. It's definitely not going to speed up. People are still going to – caddies are still going to pace it off. Players are still going to want caddies to give them their number. And then the, the range finder is just going to be there as a second verification. 
So it's really, yeah, you're just adding another step to it all. Together. What I actually think it's going to help is if you're on a short par four, um, and like a drive, a drive that you can hit driver on or you can lay up on, it's great if a guy's laid up in the middle of the fairway, you can shoot him from the tee box because you know like that that's the ideal spot. So right. that, you know I, mean? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, well, you know, something like that is it's good. It's good for especially if they've and if they've moved the tee box up, like which they do occasionally, they'll move a tee box eighty or ninety yards. It saves trying to figure out the math to the front of the green on a pole that's typically like four sixty. They may play it on a Saturday at like three thirty or something. Right. Yeah. Well, Reed, you're, uh, you guys are playing with Ryan O'Toole, the KPMG championship this week. Uh, you're going to have to let us, first of all, know if it does speed up play. I, For sure. I think this is your first time caddying with a laser. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be weird. Like having a, a laser attached to my waist is going to be really weird. Yeah, but uh, tell us more about the term. You're in Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. You're going to have a full-on Batman tool belt in, like, a couple of years. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Pull out, the, pull out the worker strap and just strap it on. No, uh, yeah, we're at KPMG here at Atlanta Athletic Club. Uh, what a layout, man. I know the tour has been here a few times and um, got a lot of rain Sunday, Monday, um, some on Tuesday. Um, you know, the course is soft. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to play the ball up. Uh, a lot of mud balls and whatnot. Um, the greens are phenomenal. A lot of undulation, uh, you know, back to front, old school. Uh, buncher, bunk, a lot of bunkers guarding the greens. And uh, a golf course that's going to favor someone who hits it straight as well. I mean, fairways, a lot of fairway bunkers, um, tight fairways. Um you got to control your golf ball out there. It's just, you know, just like any major, they're not going to make it easy. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And I would have loved to see this golf course firm and fast. I think it would have been outstanding. Not that it's not great now, but I think firm and fast in this place would have been a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot, I guess, like I said, there's a lot of undulation and kind of move your ball how you want to and guide your way around the golf course. So it's, it's one of those tournaments that, you know, you're not going to get everything out of, the golf course that it has to offer as far as, you know, fast and firm, but it's still going to be a great test of golf and beautiful golf course with some greens that are rolling phenomenal. Do you think it's going to be a bit of carnage this week or more of a birdie fest? You know, I think it's, it's going to play a little bit easier, I believe, than it would have if it was firm and fast just because you can throw darts at the pin and they're really not going a whole long ways, you know. Um, they're kind of, they're receptive right now. Um, if they dry out in a little bit throughout the week, they might get a little firmer and whatnot, but uh, they're pretty soft. I mean, they're, they're taking balls pretty easy and, you know, you're getting one, two release on shots and no irons going in from the girls. And so, you know, if it dries out, it'll definitely get harder and, you know, they'll find a way to put some pins in some spots because they know it's soft that are a little bit tougher and to make it a little bit harder and they'll, you know, make the golf course maybe a little bit longer than they would have normally. Um, so the ball, you know, of course plays a little longer, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Do you do you discuss with Ryan ever like, oh, is this going to be like a, even like plus one's going to win this event? Let's just aim for fairways and greens compared to if you think it's going to be like 20 under? I mean, you kind of have your idea of what it's going to take, um, but you always try to set some of a goal, somewhat of a goal, you know, at the beginning of the week to – 
not necessarily a number, but, you know, how you want to play a golf course in certain conditions and what pins and yada, yada. So there's a game plan, but, I mean, like I said, it can change if a golf course firms up or if a golf course is firm, then gets soft. I mean, it's, it plays two different ways, um, completely two different ways. You know, soft plays long and firm plays short, but harder around the greens, and soft plays long and easier, a little easier off the tee because it's – you know, balls are sticking the fairway a little easier in the greens, but like like I just said, it's played a lot longer. So it's it's a mix of, you know, multiple things and different conditions create different atmospheres. I think the PGA of America do a great job of setting the golf courses up. They do. And, really, and really good. I, and they, they always pick good golf courses too. Mm -hmm. Very good they, golf They, they really do. So obviously everybody that's a member of the – PGA is a professional golfer, so it makes a big difference. So these guys have a lot of golf knowledge, and they're generally um, retired uh, PGA professionals that are setting a golf course up. And they're, they, they, every PGA Championship and KPMG that I've carried at the golf courses are phenomenal, and they always set them up really fair. Yeah, fair but good and hard. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Talking about good courses, I mean, this is a really bad segue, but we're just going to do it anyways. The PGA Tour – Heading to Connecticut this week for the Travelers Championship, which, for one, I don't know, doesn't Travelers have two L's in it, like the word Traveler? Or is it one L? There's one L. <laughs> I thought it's the Travelers one. Championship, like the company Travelers, is missed, though. When I type Travelers on, like, Microsoft Word with one L, it always tells me it's wrong. Well... Zach, I think you need to go back to your second grade teacher and have you have her teach you some spelling lessons again. Wait, can you <laughs> confirm that it is one L and I'm wrong? It's one L. It's one L. Maybe you guys in Canada do it differently. I know you guys throw in your U's and stuff and random. Well, he's probably he's probably he's probably speaking Spanish with the double L. Yeah, I know that. Well, yeah, you guys spell color and honor without a U. <laughs> yeah, that's because it's how it's. <laughs> yeah. So I realize that whenever I write like a blog or something or like it's a not tweet, color, color. But whenever <laughs> I write it's actually we're who actually divided fifty fifty here because I spelled both of them with a U because I had the Irish education system. But yeah, you know, but the Irish, the Irish need some help over there, Lord. The Irish oh, man, if it was here, they do. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for Guinness, we'd have ruled the world. So <laughs> the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week, TPC Summer, TPC River Highlands. River. Uh, Dustin Johnson won this last year. I think he was minus 18, if I'm not mistaken. I think Mackenzie Hughes had a good showing in that one, too. Such but, a uh, fun golf course. Fun golf course. Short golf course, which I sort of like. It changes things up. You get a couple of different names who pop always. Reed, you've been there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, for one, this golf course has one of the best short par fours in golf. Um, number 15, it's a diabolical green that falls off into the water left that pretty much everyone in the field can get to. I mean, I don't think there's a player that can't get home on it. But it takes a damn good shot to hit it on or hit it around it and if you hit it in the wrong spot around the greens to the wrong pin you're uh this is the you're toast but uh, fun golf there. course is this one that, is this the green that like everyone misses and everyone tries to get on yes yeah okay yeah. i'm excited it's now. kind of down the hill with the water 
with the water on the left and yeah and then after that's a good par three and then after that's a great driving hole on 17 and it's a fun golf course man a lot of like i said a lot of undulation front nine and back nine are kind of two different golf courses there's some there's one hole with some undulation change on the front but for the most part the front's pretty flat um and uh the back has more up and down and Reachable par fives out there, long irons into holes, short irons into holes. You have a 90-degree dog leg on ninth hole there, par four. Um, so there's a little bit of kind of – there's a couple gimmicky spots, I guess. I mean, a 90-degree dog leg on a par four is kind of weird to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good it's a good track. It's, it's usually kept pretty well, at least it was last year, and it's um, it's a fun, fun tournament. Yeah, and I feel like, like I said before, the short guys, it's at no disadvantage this week. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the short guys here, the short guys here, I mean, they can hang because everyone's going to be hitting in the same spots more or less. Um, the, the, your length really doesn't give you that much of an advantage here. It does on a couple holes, but um, – all in all, it doesn't give you most, Yeah, the longer hitters will mostly just be lighting up to a certain spot, I feel like, on a lot. Yeah. Right. Stuart, Stuart Sink won Napa, and it had been double digits like 10 or 12 years since he'd won at Napa. Then he won Harbortown, and it had been 10 or 12 years since he won Harbortown, and it's been 10 or 12 years since he won Travelers. Oh! Just, <laughs> just saying. And his results going into Napa, Going into RBC and going into Travelers are all mirror are all mirror images. And would that be his his third or fourth win if he won this event? Third, third. third yeah. Reed, Wait. pick Stuart Sink so you can pick a winner. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. To you. No, I got uh, I got a guy. I mean, if we're gonna go start picks, I got a guy uh, who I've picked a few times before. Oh, gosh, <laughs> Mackenzie Hughes. He's he's. <laughs> He's seventeen to one. No, it's got to be Xander. Yeah, he's a pure ball striker, great <laughs> iron player. The guy knocks on the door all the damn time. Patrick Cantlay. Oh, okay. It's, it's either Xander or Patrick Cantlay. Xander's not in the field, so I was so confused. Cantlay's <laughs> unbelievable. His his rhythm. I could watch it's that all unbelievable, day. It's unbelievable, dude. Un it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm taking a long shot here. I'm giving my long shots to the people listening. A guy that is going to come out of left field, a guy that hasn't done anything on the PGA Tour, had a good week last week. I think he's primed for it. It's 75 to 1, Ricky Fowler. Don't know. Well, just announced that he's going to be a dad, which changes your entire life as regards your mindset. Yeah. And how important golf is or isn't. Yeah, that's the question. Right. Does it make you better or worse at golf? Way better. Mentally, better. way better. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought it would make you worse because you have more things to worry about. That's what you but think. The stuff, yeah, yeah. But, the, but the stuff that you're worried about is not golf-related anymore. Golf is just something you do. It's not who you are. Right. You're able, you're able to put things in perspective a little more, yeah. too. I think Rory, Rory had a good run when he became a new dad. So, yeah, we'll see. Rom, too. Rom, too. Nolan, who yeah. you got? I'm going um, – I want to say he played pretty well here last time. Um, and the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think of him as a Dustin Johnson light, like a, a poor man's Dustin Johnson. And 
maybe that I don't think he'll, he'll ever be Dustin Johnson because Dustin Johnson's amazing and doesn't give enough credit for all he's done on the tour. But I like Tony Fee now. I'm going to pick him. I picked him a lot as well. But I think he hasn't been playing that great. He's, he just missed a cut at the US Open. Maybe he has a bounce back week here um, on, you know, maybe a course that suits him a little better. So I'm going Fee now. I think he's at. It's not like super crazy good odds, maybe twenty to one or thirty, somewhere around. Fina's there. twenty-seven to one. Twenty. Okay. What's Stuart Sink? Stuart Sink. I'm gonna guess eighty-four, at least where I see it. Yeah, I see eighty. As my long shot, though, I. Um, Stuart Sink's not my long shot. He's my man. Yeah, I, got a long- <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's your guy. He's your guy. Ride or die. My long shot is Mark Hubbard. How about that? <laughs> I like Here's what I see. No um, long shots do not work out well. Last long <laughs> he took was like 4,000 to one. Like, yeah, and he almost Hunter, made the Hunter cut. Mayhem. Hunter he almost, yeah. made <laughs> he almost made the cut. In so, what, the Florida Open? What is he? Does he play anymore? He, he plays barely on the DJ podcast. Door, right? like a... Just imagine you listen to a golf podcast and when they give out the picks, one guy goes Hunter Mayhem. I mean, we got to <laughs> the views it probably like, you know, you could see how long people are listening. As soon as Hunter Mayhem is like everyone stopped. Never got to the rest of them. Like my long oh, shot to make the cut on the corn break or Frank Frank Licklider. Okay. I remember who I was gonna pick now because he's he's his odds are right next to Guido, who we already talked about a lot. But my long shots at like eighty to one is Carlos Ortiz. Oh Love yeah, that. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Eighty to one. Love that, Lorcan. What about you? We know you got Stewart Sink for the main pick. You said Mark Hubbard. Yeah, Hubbard's not playing. He's been struggling a little bit, but I'd love to see him rise up and win. I think he's made a couple cuts in a row here. You know, we always keep tabs still. Yeah, he's great. He's a good fella, and he's becoming a dad too. He already is. He is a dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you name the kid after you read. I sure, I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that that'd be too, that'd be too good of a name. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, who are you taking for my picks? I'm gonna give a, a little bit of a change on things. I know we got some DFS people listening, so I'm gonna tell you the odds and for DFS purposes. My main pick, he's gonna be like five percent owned on DraftKings, Cameron Smith. Hasn't been playing so well. The guy's a legend. But Cam Smith at 5% owned in a golf tournament of this field. It's not the most elite field. Pretty good, though. Like, we got some good names. 8,700 on DraftKings. That's right around 15th, I think. Gotta love it. My long shot, though, this is the pick I love. Guy who's missed a couple cuts in a row. But he's missed two cuts on courses that are 7,600-plus yards. Kevin Na. This course suits the guy perfectly. Like... Kevin almost like circle on his calendar when the course is under 7,000 yards and be like, this is where I win. And he does it every year. He has, he has um, had a long stretch of like winning once, like every year, I feel like. Or yeah, he just really pops in and out. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he, he does it. He, it seems like he pops, I feel like, but really the guy has five tournaments a year where he could win. I mean – he also made a 13 in the Valero Texas Open or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> no, a 16. Come on. 
give them was it a 16 a 16 (laughs) still the most amazing part of that is that he counted his score that's the hardest (laughs) part which going back to the scorekeeping there's no way he got that right like he definitely screwed that up somewhere easy but uh before before we close things off we got we got a little trivia reed i don't know how much you know about connecticut I no, I went to, I went to Atlanta style because I'm in Atlanta right, right now. Fair, no one cares about Connecticut. And, and Atlanta's a little more. Um, Atlanta has a little more going on than Connecticut, I would say. Uh, fair to say. Um, so, which street name in Atlanta appears over 55 times on the streets, streets, avenues, courts, whatever? Each street. A. A Peach Tree, B Red Wagon, Did C Bulldog, Peach Street before you or D Smith. Wait, did Warkan guess Peach Street? He did. Yeah, one hundred percent did. What the fuck? But here, here's I, that may not be the right one because it's just because it's a Peach Tree State doesn't mean that it, that's the fucking name. <laughs> I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> I will abstain from guessing for the integrity of the game. I would not have guessed that, but I'm not going to intentionally guess wrong. It has to be right. I think we're Peach all tree, Peach tree. Peach tree, Red Wagon, Bulldog, or Smith. No one's taking Smith. I think we're all right. God damn it, Lorkin. <laughs> was I right? 100%. Yeah, I know. I, knew, I figured it was because I've spent a lot of – well, my college roommate lives in Atlanta, so I spent a lot of time there in Peachtree City, and I see, I see, mm-hmm. I literally see that see on the streets all the time. And I was totally Lorkin. Yes, I didn't know that. That's incredible. Working with the oh, assist yeah. there, I love it. Yeah. Well, I, for Nolan and Zach, uh, you can. That's that's a half point win right there. I won't even. Yeah, I'll I give you. I'll give. I'll give you guys a trivia. How many consecutive events has Tiger Woods won? on the PGA Tour for his longest streak of wins. Oh, correct. Six. Um, seven. I think it's seven. I think it's yeah, seven. 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 Yes. Seven's right. That's but he's also, he's also won six events in a row, and he's also won five events in a row. Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. All three of those stats are careers, for, unbelievable careers People for guys. People go crazy if someone wins two in a row now. <laughs> People go crazy if somebody wins twice in a year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean when Rory won Rory won five times. When Rory won five times like a couple years ago, it was like, oh shit. Seven seven times in a row on the PGA tour. That's what that stretch of What, what year was that? Uh, uh, that was um oh, 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 six to seven. Oh six, oh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. How many incredible. world golf eight, eighteen world golf championships he's won as well. Well, yeah. Nolan, are you going to use that as your tiger fact? Well, I don't even need a tiger fact, I guess. Lorcan got me covered, but mine's pretty simple. I just saw a post like um, after John Rom winning the U.S. Open, they wanted to give him a little love, um, and it was his winning percentage rate on the PGA Tour and European Tour combined. Um, and this is this the standings I give you is since 1986 and so rom was at nine 9.8 and then it's like dj and rory at eight percent colin murakawa and jt at seven and a half kepka l's 
All right, like seven percent. And it's like a it's like a two page Instagram post and you have to swipe over. It's like a sideways bar chart and you have to swipe over to see Tigers because he's at twenty two point three eight percent on PGA and European tour combined. On the when European on the European tour, Tiger Woods has never played a full season. And he is third in all-time wins. Yeah, <laughs> with, I think I've with, given with, that one before. with forty with forty-one. I'm just a golf nerd, man. It's just I just have all this knowledge in my brain that I just I don't know why it stays in there, but it does. Yeah, That's third all-time, and he's never played a year over there. That's hey, but good, good, good stuff for John Rahm. You know, he's like the best golfer in the world, but he's he's really like half the man that Tiger Woods. <laughs> Tiger spent six hundred and eighty-three weeks at world number one, which is more than twice uh, Greg Norman, who's second. I think I'm just gonna phone in to Larkin for every Tiger Woods stat of the week. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, well, I just well, because I just like I just his stats and stuff is just unbelievable. Like people focus so much on the 18 majors of Jack, but yeah. when you break Tiger down, man, it is just absolutely unbelievable. When you when you reread, it's unbelievable, especially from being out there the same as myself and caddying for you know, uh, basically their their journeymen guys guys like Mark and and, and Ryan. You know what I mean? As you, and then you get a guy like Tiger Woods, absolutely. it's just unbelievable. Yeah, well, I guess. See, I mean, I'd like to be as caddy, knowing enough, knowing that every year I'm gonna tee it up for a year and fucking make a half million dollars or whatever the hell it is, more than that. A half million? You're making like five million. <laughs> well, no. I mean, back in the day, the purses were worth what they are now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they are what they are you now because of him. But how old is John Rom? That 100 percent true. That's a great. Uh, is John Rom like? 27? 28? 26, 27, maybe. Rome Tiger, is, uh, Tiger, won, Tiger won the career grand slam at 24. Another amazing, unbelievable stat. Don Rom is 19 days young, older than me. And look, look where we are. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are in the same, the same financial spot, same, same, same spot in life. I mean, come on, Zach, you're doing. Fucking good yourself. Julius Randle, the like all-star player of the Knicks, is the exact same age as me. Same day, same year. Wow. And I would say same spot. Same spot. Same bank account. Yeah. You, can, you can put you put you on the Knicks and nothing changes. Nothing Matt, nothing changes. Matt Every is the exact same age as me. Really? Wow. Yeah, really? Same same date, same year, same everything. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, got to swap bank. Maybe you guys were born out of the womb and in rooms next to each other. No, but you know, uh, you know, uh, David O'Donovan, who caddies uh, on PGA Tour, won one of the Spanish yeah. players. Yeah, David and I were born uh, within two days of each other in the same hospital in Dublin, Ireland. How unbelievable is that? No, so maybe shit. you're yeah. you're actually David. And he's Larkin. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I think. That's what I think happened. Yeah. Well, you guys are going to have to figure that out next time. We're going to get to the bottom of uh, Lorcan's true name. Can we figure it out? <laughs> but, you know, Lorcan, thanks for coming on. We always have an incredible time. Great stories. Thanks I'm for having for us. For sure, we'll have you on again soon. Things are starting to open up, so uh, we might finally get that reunion going. But thank you guys for listening to the From the Back Tees podcast. Hopefully our picks win this week, and we'll see you guys next week.
Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.